SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thanks for joining us. I'm Brad Brown, and it's good to have you with us. Thanks for taking the time to spend your Tuesday evening with us as we update you on everything that's happening in the sporting world. And there's lots of Olympics to talk about. Manfred Seidler joins us now. Manfred, it's been a fairly busy afternoon for Team South Africa. It has indeed, yes, it has, and not one of the best ones either. Um, it started off with Bridget Hartley in the uh, K1 Kilometer uh, B final canoe sprint. She finished fifth there, so that means tomorrow she then goes into a preferred event, uh, which is the women's K1 500, and that's of course, of course the one in which she won uh, that bronze medal in 2012. Not a bad swim at all by Chad Ho. He finished 10th overall in the men's 10km swim. But it was mere 2.8 seconds outside of uh, the bronze medal. It was that tight. So between 3rd and 10th, those 7 places, less than 3 seconds. So that was very, very tight in the end. But it wasn't that good today for Team South Africa on the track so far, I'm afraid. We had Anasa Chobodwana, Clarence Munyai, Clotliso, Gifleo, Tlela, all three of them in the men's two-meter heats, and neither one of none of them have progressed through to the semi-final. So, yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a sad day in terms of the track. But remember, with it's still LJ coming up, LJ Fonseca in the men's four-meter hurdles semis, uh, Wendell Nell in the women's four-meter hurdles semi, semis, and we're looking at uh, Lenique Prince-Lu and Sunet uh, Falun starting their campaign in the uh, uh, women's um, javelin and uh, long jump, respectively. So. Yeah, it, it's not, it hasn't been the best of days for South Africa. A lot was uh, hoped for from Anasa Jobodwana. Um, in fairness, though, you know, having not raced since last year, um, it was always going to be a question mark. But I would still have selected him. He qualified, um, and, and he's a class athlete. You know, so anyway, none of the three South African guys going through there to, to the semifinals, Brad. Thank you very much, Manfred. We'll touch base with you a little bit later on in the show. Once again, just dig into that 200. So, yeah, I'm perplexed by that decision uh, to not run a Connie Sambini. We'll also hear from him later in the show tonight as well. Uh, some sad news to report on from the Olympics too. German slalom coach Stefan Henze has died after suffering severe head injuries uh, following a motor car accident in Rio. On to football. Bad news for Kaiser Chiefs defender Eric Motoho looks likely to face a spell on the sidelines. He's torn ankle ligaments uh, while on duty with the under-23s at the Olympics. There was some good news for Chiefs fans though in Etiquini. It was announced today that Amakosi will play three of their home games in the upcoming Absa Premiership season at the Moses Mabita Stadium in Durban. News out of England. Burnley have signed Belgian midfielder Stephen Defoe from Anderlecht on a three-year deal. And if reports are to be believed, Liverpool have rejected a £23 million bid for, uh, from Crystal Palace for Belgian striker Christian Benteke. Some football news to look forward to, uh, some football action rather to look forward to this evening. It is uh, UEFA Champions League qualifying. The pick of the, fe- uh, of the fixtures sees Strau Bucharest host Manchester City. Dynamo Zagreb take on FC Salzburg and FC Rostov travel to Amsterdam to play Ajax. Some sad news in football circles today as well former FIFA president João Havelanche uh, who was Sepp Blatter's predecessor from 1974 to 1998 has passed away at the age of 100 News out of the Springbok camp, Francois Hochart will miss the two upcoming rugby championship tests against Argentina due to a knee injury that he picked up while on duty with the Sevens at the Olympics. The scrum half was sent for scans yesterday after he complained about discomfort during training. Meanwhile, Sharks winger Loisian Volvo and Western Province flank Sikambuzo Noche have been released from that squad and they've returned to their respective provinces. As the box continue their preparation ahead of Saturday's test against Argentina, Johan Gursen says spirits are high within the camp. Well, there's a lot of young and new guys, so it's great. Uh, the, the vibe is energetic, and 
it's a great bunch of guys there. Um, yeah, it's just the vibe has changed and uh, it's nice, it's relaxed and everyone's chilled and when we work, we work hard, when we relax, we relax. Khusin says he's willing to play in any position in the back line just as long as he gets to put on the green and gold. Khusin, who now plays for French top 14 club, racing 92, is likely to be named a fullback ahead of that match. Khusin last represented South Africa two years ago before leaving the Cheetahs for Racing in France. Well, wherever I play, um, uh, I'll try to make it, make it my position. But uh, yeah, so there's a great uh, bunch of guys and there's a great players in there. So uh, I think it's it's good competition. Everyone's pushing each other for position, so it's good. Um, yeah, but uh, any position I'll, I'll, I'll take. In Curry Cup news, Lock R.G. Snayman returns to the Blue Bulls starting 15. He replaces the injured Jason Jenkins for their clash against the EP Kings uh, in the Curry Cup on Friday. Bad news for South African netball. It was confirmed today that Spark Proteus captain Mareka Holtzhausen will miss the inaugural, uh, inaugural quad series against Australia, New Zealand and England. That after she tore her ACL ligament in her right knee while playing for Free State in the Spark National Netball Championships in Durban last week. She'll undergo surgery tomorrow and will require up to eight months of rehab. She's been replaced in that squad by Lindy Lombard. In cricket news, Kushal Silva's 115 steered Sri Lanka to 312 for eight in their second innings at the close of play on day four of the third test. They lead Australia by 288 runs, while Ben Stokes and Mark Wood have been named in England squad for the upcoming five-match one-day international series against Pakistan. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll head back to Rio to find out a little bit more about Akani Sambini. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Staying with Olympic news, despite failing to win a medal at the Rio Olympic Games in Brazil, South Africa's 100-meter record holder, Akani Simbini, says he's satisfied with his performance at these games. Simbini finished off fifth in the 100-meter final on Sunday. That was successfully defended by the great Usain Bolt. The 22-year-old University of Pretoria student could have easily finished third, but was pipped to the finishing post. But it's been a good season for Simbini, who broke the SA record twice, and his personal best of 9.89 remains the fifth fastest time in the world this year. He catches up with SABC sport reporter Vilile Mbuli at the Olympic Athletes Village in Rio. I'm really happy and excited of my performance here at the Olympics. You know, uh, I came here at the beginning of the year, I started the year telling myself that I want to get into the Olympic final, you know. I kept missing the final of big championships and this was the year for me to make a final and I just said I just want to make a final and I accomplished that goal, I made the final and I bettered that goal by placing fifth and nearly getting a bronze medal so I'm really happy about you know my championship campaign and how things have come along. From the hits um, on Saturday to the semi-finals um, you were making sure um, you were you were making sure you, you're up there would you look back and look at the field that you're, you're, you're up against and say um, in terms of comp- competing and the standards you're up there with the best? Yeah, most definitely, you know, um, from through each round I just made sure that I got through, I just made sure I did enough to get through and make sure that I'm good for for, 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 for qualification for each round because I wanted to make it to the final, you know, coming to the Olympics, I told myself I need to win my heat, get through the semi-final and get into the final and I just made sure that I accomplished all those goals. And I think one of the most important things at this level, at national level, is to also, and not just um, to be run with them, but also the, the respect of your peers, and it looks to be there. Yeah, most definitely, you know, um, right now, you know, 
a lot of the top guys, you know, we all know each other, we all greet each other. Um, for me, the one thing that, that clicks out for me is Bolt, you know. I have a friendship with Bolt now, you know. We've gained a friendship, we talk a lot now. And it's, it's, it's gotten to a point where, you know, when we get to the warm affair, we get to the line, we get everywhere, he'll greet me, or ask me how I am, you know, and we'll even text on the phone as well. So it's, it's a great thing to know that I'm one of the top guys in the world and one of the top sprinters in the world. Talking about that, um, I've been very close to Jamaican journalists um, since I, I got here and I, I did a story with um, two of them, uh, Andre Lowe, he came to South Africa and he followed you and uh, it's got a lot of good things to say about yourself and also weight as well. How important is to, to have this international recognition? Um, just having that, that, that bond with the Jamaican group is actually amazing, you know, that's the sprint, the sprint place of the world, you know, that's where the sprinters are made and that's where the fastest guys in the world are. And having that bond with them just gonna, it boosts us, it lets us know that, okay, we can learn from these guys, we can actually pick up the few things that they are teaching from, they are teaching and we can just strive to be better and actually be better, you know, and not just dream about being better, but actually making that dream a reality. What becomes the focus in the future? Medals. That's, 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 that's all that I'm going to be thinking about now, you know, going to each championship, getting through each run and making sure that I'm there for a medal, you know. Um, I've seen what I can do and I know that I'm capable of, of getting a medal now. Point zero two from getting a medal, and that's 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 really great. So for me, it's just medals, medals, medals. And this generation of you guys as sprinters in the country, I mean, <laughs> what would you attribute this whole turnaround to? Um, we're just hungry, we're just hungry to, to to show the world that South Africa has the talent. You know, it's not other other countries that just have the talent. South Africa has the talent. It's just a uh, just a thing of us making our dreams reality, us actually putting in the work, putting in the hours, making the sacrifices to make the dreams a reality here. And also, he's your roommate here, and uh, he's also your friend. What what do you make of Wade's perf- uh, performance uh, last night? Yeah, it was, I don't have words for it, you know. Um, I'm really happy for him. I'm excited. I'm, I'm beyond words, you know. Wade, Wade is a great guy, and He's a guy that deserves this and so much more, you know. He, he he works hard, he puts in the work, you know. I've seen him train, I've seen him, you know, get to a point where he wants to quit and he doesn't quit, he stands up and he goes up and does the session and gets it done. And I feel like he deserves it and he deserves so much more. How far do you think he can go? Sub 43. Sub 43. He can break that world record again, yeah. And also to break a, a world record of the great Michael Johnson who's been there for 17 years. I, I think that's what makes this whole thing special as well. Yeah, most definitely, you know, um, breaking a world record that's stood for so long, you know, puts Wade in a league of, 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 of his own, you know. Um, Wade now is, is on, in a league of his own and he's, 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 he's just racing himself now, you know. Now it's just him racing against his time, him just going out on the track and trying to better his world record and just trying to better himself. That was SA Olympian and 100-meter national record holder Akani Sambini closing the interview with Falile Mbuli. So what are you doing this weekend? Well, this weekend, my man, I'm sitting. 
I'm sitting right on my couch and not moving a muscle. I'm exercising my right to support my heroes as they go into battle. I'm supporting the greatest nation in the world. Yes, Chabu, yes. I'm sitting. I'm sitting on my couch because my seat is waiting. Okay, man. Just asking. Your seat is waiting. The Rio 2016 Olympics is off the starting blocks from the 5th of August. So make sure you don't move from your seat. Grab on SABC TV channels and SABC radio stations. Did you know that the fastest way to pay or renew your television license is with your favorite electronic device? Go to www.paymytv.co.za, make your payment, and then wait for the free rewards page to load or click on axrewards.co.za. Now, all you have to do is click on the funeral cover button, download the AxMe app on your Android phone, register, and start enjoying free funeral cover to the value of 7,500 rand. T's and C's apply. TV licenses, more rewards, making a difference. Join us this Thursday on Top Billing as Dynamite's Minnie Glamini shows us her health and beauty secrets. Designer Kim H. updates a Tuscan villa into a dream of modern South African living. SA Badminton star Jacob Mullicull prepares for Rio by training in China. And Gavin Raja knows only one way to throw his niece a party in style. Don't miss Top Billing this Thursday night at 8 on SABC3. SAFM celebrates 80 years of keeping you in the know. And as part of our celebration, we are giving away 80,000 Rand to the lucky listener who calls us and shares a great South African story. Each person will get 80 seconds to share their story live on air. We're also giving away a further prize of 5,000 Rand every week to the listener who votes for the winning story of the week. Stay tuned and stand a chance to win. T's and C's apply. For info, visit www.safm.co.za or follow us on Facebook, SAFM Radio. Stay tuned. SAFM, keeping you in the know. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. There are still quite a few events to look forward to before the Olympic Games in Rio conclude this weekend. Two in particular that I'm looking forward to is the men's and ladies' triathlon. The ladies uh, take part on Saturday. The men's race takes place on Thursday. Johan Leroux is in Rio, and he caught up with uh, one of the South Africans who I believe has an outside shot at a medal. That's Cape Tonian Richard Murray, and uh, this is what transpired. It's the final week of the 2016 Rio Olympics and South Africa's chances to get that 10 medals is quickly running out. But one of the medal hopes is sitting right next to me, South Africa's very own Richard Murray, the top triathlete in the country at the moment. He only arrived in Rio a couple of days ago, but he's already enjoying his time here. Richard, thank you so much for joining us in Rio and uh, in the Athletes' Village and making this time available for us. Quickly, your impressions on Rio so far. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, wonderful to come here last year. I uh, managed to check the place out and uh, see the vibe and the culture a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, it's been wonderful. Uh, you know, I think things have gone, you know, very smoothly thus far. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very pleased with uh, you know, how the last few days have gone. Richard, let's go back to April. You were taking part in an event in Australia. You had a nasty fall. You broke your collarbone. At that stage, did you think your Rio dreams were over? Um, you know, it was actually quite funny. I didn't really think so. Um, I, I sort of calculated how many months I had. Uh, but as soon as I realized I had about four months exactly to the day, I thought, you know, it is possible that I could actually have a comeback and, you know, be ready in time for Rio. I'm sure that shook up your training plans. Can you just take us through an average day of training? What does that look like in your life? 
Um, yeah, well, usually we do three sessions a day, um, and we, we get away if we have a recovery day, it's two sessions. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty much full on. Uh, we do between three to six hours of training in, 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 in a, any given day, and, uh, you know, it's very demanding, and we need to structure the day out, and we're very um, systematical type creatures, I guess. <laughs> and then also, just talking distance-wise, uh, how many kilometers do you swim a day? How many do you run? How many do you cycle? Uh, what, is that, what does that week look like for you? Um, yeah, well, uh, in any given week, I think we do between 20 to 30 hours of training. Um, that's compromised of, of, uh, probably about 20 to 30 kilometers of swimming in the pool, uh, which is about six to six to eight times of swimming we get in in the week. Um, cycling, we actually do less. I do about 200 to 300 kilometers of cycling, which uh, luckily I came from a cycling background, so I get away with a bit less. And uh, the running, anywhere between 70 to 100 kilometers of running in the week. You said you're on a tight schedule here. What are the next few days going to look like for you, and uh, what can you still do to make sure that you're ready for race day? Um, yeah, I think you know recovery is probably the biggest one. Um, you know, we pushed it all the way up until about a week before the race uh, last week, and uh, yeah, I plan on coming here and literally hiding indoors as much as I can. Uh, obviously, coming out every now and then to speak to you know speak to my country and speak to my fans uh, is also important. And uh, yeah, I think just to be able to recover in time for Rio is, is the big one. <laughs> You've offered up a lot to be here. You've uh, sacrificed a lot of time with family. And uh, what will that Olympic medal actually mean to you if you manage to achieve that? Um, wow, you know, I just uh, watching Wade last night. Uh, you know, I just saw what it, you know, obviously meant to him and what it means to a country as well is is, is enormous. So, you know, obviously I'm going to go out there and uh, look at all the different types of things that can happen in the race. And uh, you know, I'm definitely looking to the bike. Uh, we need to make sure we close the gap on the bike. We'll probably be slightly behind, uh, but it's a cat and mouse type game in the triathlon. And uh, you know, hopefully I'm going to be in the position to you know get to the run and be in the position to actually medal. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see where I come off on the bike. A lot of things have been said about the conditions. Uh, what do you make of the track, uh, the cycling routes, and also the water conditions? Um, yeah, well, we raced here last year, which was uh, great. So I wasn't planning on coming to race, and I actually qualified for Rio last year at this event. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely, you know, the bike course, I wouldn't say it suits me, but uh, it's a very strength-orientated climb. Uh, it's very punchy and very short. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely I enjoy the bike course and uh, the swims, one-lap swim um, in the ocean. is going to be uh, it's quite choppy sometimes, like last year. And, yeah, I think it's going to spread the guys up in the swim and uh, it's going to come down to catching on the bike. Finally, what can we do in South Africa to improve the sport of triathlon? Um, you know, I think uh, probably to get more junior events and things involved. You know, there's uh, the, the top tier level, obviously, of Ironman and the longer events are there already. Uh, but, you know, it's definitely lacking the nurturing, uh, you know, of the youth and of the younger events. Uh, there were a couple of series back in the day where I started and, unfortunately, they're gone now. So I think, you know, to, to get, uh, you know, the juniors back into it and get another series going uh, would be the biggest one of obviously bringing the triathletes back uh, for the next generation. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, Richard, and uh, from everyone back at, at home as well uh, as the South African media. Yeah, good luck on race day, and uh, we'll hopefully see you on the podium. Thank you very much. I hope to do my country proud and myself as well. That was Richard Murray catching up with SABC sport journalist Johan Leroux in Rio. That men's triathlon gets underway 4 p.m. South African time on Thursday. The ladies' race on Saturday also at 4. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, we head to Rio live now where Elaine Tarden is there. Elaine, you were keeping an eye on that 10K swim earlier today that Chad Ho was involved in. A fantastic performance by the young South African, but gee, I can't wrap my head around swimming 10Ks. That is one phenomenal event, isn't it? Yeah, 10Ks is a very, very long way to swim one shot. And uh, just to give you an idea, these guys are averaging around one minute, uh, one minute, three seconds per 100 meters which is super quick for open water swim. Also, bearing in mind that it is in the ocean, so you do have currents. It's not like in London and previous Olympic Games where it's been in a lake or a dam. 
Um, to swim in the sea that fast is, is really, really challenging. A tenth uh, for Chad. Uh, is it a performance that he would have been, been happy with? Was, would he have been hoping for better? Yeah, we caught up with him afterwards. Uh, he was really happy with the performance. Of course, uh, he was the world champion in 2015 in the five kilometer. Um, but these guys, you know, in the 10K, it's, it's an extra 5K. It's a very tough race. But he was very, very happy with his performance. Elaine, as far as just the, the vibe and, and, and just the atmosphere in Rio, obviously being here in South Africa, we don't really get a taste of it. Your experience so far, I mean, I know there have been glitches and a couple of things that, that, that probably haven't gone according to plan for the organizers. But as a whole, would you say these Olympic Games have been a success? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, you know, the, the locals have been very welcoming. Um, I've tried to kind of hang out a lot of the, with the locals in the evenings, go for dinner with the locals, hang out, you know, like the back alleys where they, they cook the food in the streets, eat the food. And wherever you go, they, they're very, very welcoming. Uh, the festivities are always on the go. They just, it's, it's a great nation to, to host the Olympics. The venues are awesome. The uh, Copacabana, where I was today for the open water swimming, is phenomenal. Um, the Olympic Park, you know, all the venues are up to scratch on Olympic level. Even though there are rumors going around saying, oh, but it's not as good as this Olympics or that Olympics, but you're always going to have that, and I think they're doing a great job. Lane, as far as safety and security goes, there's been uh, a few reports of, of incidents, uh, particularly with the American swimmers, Ryan Lochte, of, uh, one of, probably one of the big names uh, involved in an incident. Has there been much of that? Is it been over-publicized, or, or is that a serious issue? Yeah, yeah what, happened, <coughs> excuse me, what happened was they were coming back from a uh, swimming party, uh, the after-party for the swimmers, and it was around 4 o'clock in the morning, he was in a taxi, and uh, they kind of got held up in a taxi. But it's kind of... You know, it, it can happen in South Africa. I mean, we walk around the streets every day. We go to and from the venues. There's uh, police everywhere. There's military guys everywhere. Um, we, we actually had a, uh, another controlled explosion at the open water swimming today. Um, every time they find a backpack, they kind of just blow it up on the spot. So the, the security is very tight, and uh, I haven't felt threatened at all since I've been here. You, you've experienced these games. Uh, obviously, Rio is a great city. Where, where else would you like to see an Olympic Games held? Possibly South Africa? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, it's actually a big uh, hot topic at the moment around the uh, South African village. Cape Town would be a phenomenal place to host the Olympics. If you look at the diversity of cultures we have um, in, within South Africa and just what Cape Town has to offer in a whole, it would be a phenomenal venue to host the Olympics. There are a few challenges, though. Um, the Olympics have to be held this time of year uh, across, the, uh, across the world. So Cape Town, it's a bit off the summer season, but Cape Town does, you know, produce good weather this time of year, so it is possible. Also, events like the open water swimming, they have to have a water temperature of around uh, 18 or 19 degrees plus, so it won't be possible in Cape Town waters, so they probably have to, you know, host that event, you know, say Midmar Mile, uh, the Midmar Dam, sorry, uh, for, for the open water swimming events. You can do it at my local gym. Yeah, <laughs> some laps up and down. <laughs> Elaine, thank you so much for that. Much appreciated. Uh, I know you're going to be keeping an eye on things uh, over the next few days as well. We look forward to catching up before the games do conclude. In- enjoy. Thanks for your time this evening. Great stuff. We'll do. Have a good one. SABC brings you the Rio 2016 Olympic live on SABC TV channels and SABC radio stations. Well, I said a little bit earlier on this afternoon, Saskok setting the goal of 10 medals for the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. We're sitting on seven so far. I think it's been a credible performance. Uh, three medals shy of that target. 
and I've been racking my brains to try and figure out where those three medals are going to come from. And uh, we'll have to wait and see. Time is running out. Are we going to get there? I'm not 100% sure. Manfred Seidler's been keeping an eye on the action for us from Rio today. And uh, all in all, it's been a pretty disappointing day for, for Team South Africa. Bridget Hartley was in action in a little bit earlier on in the, the 250 uh, meter K1. But uh, that's not her, her sort of wheelhouse. Uh, the race that she won the bronze medal in London was in the 500. And uh, her heats take place in that race tomorrow. Manfred Seidler, do you think she's got a, a shot at a medal? Could she be one of the final three we're chasing? Uh, it's an outside shot, Brad. Really, is she's not in the same shape that she was when she when she was racing in London. She struggled to co- to qualify for for Rio, um, so it's an outside shot. But then then again, when she went into into London, it was also one of those where it was a hope, not a bank, not a medal you'd bank on. Um, so who knows? But I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't turn around and say, "Okay, um, she's going into the 500. We can expect a final. We can expect. Uh, I hope for a minute. I'm, I'm a bit uh, reticent on that one. I must be honest. I think we're going to struggle to get to 10. I think the last one we can bank on is Custer. Um, Richard Murray is an outside chance to me. There are four or three other guys who are uh, in exactly the same shape as as Richard is. Um, and it will come down to the swim. It's a 1,500-meter swim. It's not a two-lapper, which it usually is. So there's no rest for the legs to have a quick, short sprint at 750 meters. So when Richard, um, at, at, you know, in the, pool, in the in the swim, he's going to struggle. They're going to they're going to they are going to pull time into him. And then it depends on the cycling bunch whether or not they're willing to work to try and catch the leaders. And those leaders will have Mola and the Brownlee twins. So I think I think we're going to struggle to get to. I don't think we're going to get to ten. I think eight is where we're going to end up on. Yeah, as much as I, I like Richard and I hope that he does medal, I, I agree with you. And, and I think it's probably even more than, than uh, an outside shot. I think it's a bit further than that. So coming off that serious injury with a broken collarbone, the one discipline out of the three where he's really struggled over the years is the swim, and he hasn't been able to swim much uh, over the last few months. But let's talk about track and field. You mes- mentioned Casta Semenya. There are a few other athletes uh, still involved, uh, notably Sunette Falun, who uh, she might not be in the best of Nick, but she has won medals on, on, on big stages before. Yeah, that's, that's a bit of an enigma. She went into London with the longest throw in the world. She was the out-and-out favorite to win a medal and potentially even the gold, and she ended up fourth, um, which to many was a bitter, bitter disappointment, <laughs> even more to, so to her than to anybody else, I would imagine. Going in there was that mantle, favorite mantle tag. But she did feel the presser, pressure, um, and she said afterwards that it became a real pressure cooker situation, and she wasn't quite able to handle it. I mean, she's won two bronze medals at the World Championships. Um, javelin is such a it's almost a roll of the dice because it's, it's, you just don't know who's going to perform on the day and, and I, for me Sunette has just been a little bit too erratic you know on the day she'll throw 58 or she'll throw 69 um, we don't have that consistency so it's not one that I would, I would turn around and bank on um, Anique Prince goes in the woman's long jump if she gets to a final fantastic if she wants to medal she's going to have to go over 7 metres um, that's 20, meter, 20 centimeters further than she's ever gone. So I, I can't see us. I honestly can't see us getting more than eight medals, to be honest. Manfred, looking ahead to tonight's action, what uh, what can we look forward to? People want to keep an eye on things or an ear on the radio. What sort of times uh, are, are South Africans involved? Well, I think people are going to have to either stay up late or go to sleep <laughs> now and get up really, really early. It's one of those again. You know, this, this time zone has been. Um, hmm. Yes, it has messed with people's with people's lives, I suppose. Look, we've got uh, obviously we've got uh, the the LJF on sale and um, 
uh, Wendon Nell going in the woman, woman's 400 meter hurdles and Elgin the men's 400 meter hurdles. That semi final, give that time right now. That semi final is very early. Um, where was it? Women's 400 meter hurdle semis at 2:20, 2:10 a.m. and men's at 2:35 a.m. and then we've got the 110 meter hurdles uh, final, um, semi-final rather, and that's at uh, 22:2 um, on uh, yeah, 22:2 in the morning. So very, very early start if, if South Africans want to to tune in and and. Uh, or, and, and find out how the South Africans do. I was listening to the interest to Elaine's comment about Cape Town and South Africa hosting Olympics, and I do not believe we should host an Olympic Games, and I know I'm going to get people going, <laughs> why? Why don't you tell us how you really feel, Manfred? Because it's <laughs> exorbitant. There is not a single Olympic Games since Barcelona in 1992 that has ever m- broken even, never mind made a profit. The IOC are the ones who walk away with the cash. The city is the one that for decades or, or years afterwards suffers. Go and have a look. 1992, Barcelona was the only one who managed to, to get money out of it. Why? Because A, it was very central for Europe and the European tourist market was fantastic. They did. They said from the word go, we are going to upgrade our city irrespective of whether we get to the Olympic Games. So all those facilities, amenities, etc., they were going to happen. They budgeted for that seven years in advance. Six years after that, they were still the number one city in the European tourism. Um, 96, Atlanta. There was a soft drink sponsor that paid for everything. The city itself didn't, didn't make anything out of it. Um, they, in fact, incurred a loss. Um, 2000, uh, in Sydney. Sydney has incurred a loss. 2004, we also would have happened in Athens. Beijing, we will simply not know because it was a, that's behind an iron curtain, if you would. 2012, London is struggling. I'm sorry, I just do not believe from a financial point of view we shouldn't be hosting Olympics. Do I want to see Usain Bolt run down the track here in South Africa? Of course I do. Um, do I think it's financially viable and feasible? No. Well, it's definitely not going to happen at the Cape Town Olympics because he said this is going to be his last. So, Manfred Sider, thank you very much for that. Much appreciated. You can stay tuned to SAFM throughout the evening uh, for updates uh, on the Olympics. So we'll keep you updated right here on South Africa's news and information leader. SABC brings you the Rio 2016 Olympics live on SABC TV channels and SABC radio stations. That's it for SAFM Sports Wrap tonight. Uh, we'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning, by the way, with Janet Witten uh, on AM Live. I'll be back tomorrow afternoon on PM Live and Sports Wrap returns at 6.30. Coming up on the other side of your 7 o'clock news, Naledi Malayo has the talk shop for you from myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Titi. Thanks for listening tonight. Right now, it is 7 o'clock in time for your news.